Hello and welcome to the Battle Cry podcast with Mark Meckler. Catch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8pm Eastern. Go to conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's the Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. Hey everyone, Mark Meckler here. If I look like I'm a little bit off guard, it's because I am a little bit off guard. I'm in a hotel room, in case you can't see. Um, it's not the library, I'm not in my usual place. So we're, we're playing with technology here, I'm adjusting stuff. I got my notes here on my phone. Here's the view, by the way, in case you want to see where I'm at. That, by the way, is California. I know, I know, I'm a refugee. I live in Texas. I'm not normally in California, but what's going on is, uh, you know, we're going to fight to save California, just like we're going to fight to save everywhere else. Uh, Look, tonight, what we're going to talk about is that you need to be engaged. And one of the ways you need to be engaged, and this is super important, is you have to know your elected officials. One, I love if you'll run and you'll be one of your elected officials. But if you're not, if you haven't thought about doing that, if you're not going to do that, you need to know. You need to know your school board member. You need to know your city council member. You need to know your county board member. And for our purposes, for Convention of States, you need to know your state legislator. This is critically important. There are tools where you can do that. You can do it at conventionofstates.com. We have a tool that's going to allow you to find your state legislator, legislature, conventionofstates.com forward slash take underscore action. Go find your state legislator there so that you can be in contact with them. You can build a relationship with them. You can be engaged. Look at that. You can click on your state. You can see it there on the screen and you can find out what's going on in your own state. It shows you how to get in touch with your own representative. Producer D showing that as I talk so you can make it happen. You need to go to school board meetings. You need to go to county board meetings, city council meetings. A lot of boring stuff takes place, but a lot of really important stuff takes place in those. So today's call to action is be involved by knowing your legislator, your school board member, city council, et cetera. You got to know all of those things. This is super important. By the way, you can find all of those things. If you can't find, you'll find your state legislator on conventionofstates.com. Other than that, go to ballotpedia.org, ballotpedia.org. You can find all these other things there all the information you need to get in touch with people, to find out when the meetings are, to go to those meetings and to participate. All right, let's switch subjects. We're gonna go to what apparently the radical left in America believes is the most important thing in the United States of America. And that is the national holiday, or at least that's what they seem to think it is, on January 6th. Now, there is a reason that January 6th is important. There's a reason, number one, It is the day after January 5th. If January 6th doesn't come, it means the world ended because every time you have a January 5th, you're going to have a January 6th. So yeah, like every day, it's an important day. The day after January 6th, by the way, is January 7th, Pearl Harbor Day, an actual, real, critical, important day in American history. January 6th, by the way, for certain parts of the Christian world is Feast of the Epiphany. That's an important holiday for folks who practice that religion. I mean, I think it's critically important, the Feast of the Epiphany. As far as the Capitol and what happened at the Capitol, yeah, whatever. Like, I, I don't really care about what the left says about it. I don't really put much stead in what the left says about anything. I don't buy the left's narrative. The left tried to liken this to Pearl Harbor. The left tried to liken this to uh, President Biden himself, tried to liken it to the Civil War. Never before has a Confederate flag been seen in the Capitol. Kamala Harris likened it to Pearl Harbor and 9-11. I mean, these are just outrageous, 
unbelievable, disgusting, despicable comparisons. Absolutely not the case. It's just stupid. It's ridiculous. And so for me, January 6th, basically, I didn't do any media. I don't really talk about it. I didn't participate in it. It's kind of like move on. Nothing here to see. Other than I would say people who are being held in prison, uh, not being able to see anybody, solitary confinement, overcharged, underrepresented. Yeah, that's an American tragedy. And I think we should fight to help those people out. Now, by the way, if people violated the law, broke the law, they should be punished according to the law. Not overpunished, not overcharged, but punished according to the law. Unfortunately, sometimes guys on our side get it entirely wrong. And in this case, Senator Ted Cruz, I don't know what he was thinking. Look, I like Ted Cruz. Before Donald Trump, I was a Ted Cruz guy. I think Ted Cruz generally gets it right. Although I got to say, he's a weakling on Article 5. But generally, he's a good conservative. He's a constitutionalist. He's a smart guy. He's a good speaker. Generally, I like Ted Cruz. But he got it so wrong on January 6th. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. But he bought into all the worst rhetoric of the left. It's a solemn day in American history. Blah, blah, blah. Riot. Blah, 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 blah. Vomit on screen and then move on. And I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what he was thinking. But I have to say, he is, in my opinion, one of the most thoughtful people in politics. So what that indicates to me is he knew what he was doing. Why he did it, I don't know. And then you have Dick Cheney, who is now apparently the hero to the American left. What? <laughs> I'm old enough to remember they considered him a war criminal, right? But now because he stood on the floor of the House and it, Democrats went up to shake his hand. This is something we call in politics the newfound respect of the left. If you ever find yourself getting newfound respect from the American left, then you should probably not shake their hands. If you do, you should wash your hands. You should walk away. You should look in the mirror and wonder, what in God's name am I doing wrong? What am I missing? Because they don't have any newfound respect for you. They're going to use you to beat people on the right that they don't like, and they really don't give a damn about Dick Cheney. They hate Dick Cheney. But, you know, you heard President Biden in his speech talk about, you know, the, the Republican Party has moved away from the party of the past, moved away from the party of Lincoln, the party of Eisenhower, the party of Reagan, the party of Bush, um, except for they hated, hated, despised every one of those people. I look, I'm old enough to remember Bush Hitler. Remember that? Bush was Hitler. They called him Bush Hitler. Uh, they didn't really like Abe Lincoln, as far as I can tell, because he was trying to end slavery and Democrats are the party of slavery, right? They didn't like Dick Cheney previously. They hated Ronald Reagan. He was some kind of idiot, unintelligent cowboy who was going to start World War III because he was so stupid and he was just an actor. Then he was unqualified to be president, blah, 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 blah. They hate us. So when they give newfound respect to some Republican who is hashing on Republicans, then you just know don't listen to that Republican. So for Ted Cruz, brother man, what the hell? I don't know what you're up to. I don't know what you're thinking, but it wasn't good. And frankly, you owe your constituents an apology because none of them liked it. I'm one of your constituents. I live in Texas. I don't know what the hell you were talking about. You weren't speaking for me and you weren't speaking for most of us. As for Dick Cheney, like he's a relic from the past. I don't know. The left thought he was a war criminal. Now he's a hero to them. They lined up to shake his hand. Hasta luego. 
I don't know what to say. I don't know what's wrong with these people. I don't know why they do it. Where were these people? Where are people like Dick Cheney over the last year, over the last four years, five years, when the radical left has been destroying the institutions that are actually necessary for the maintenance of liberty in this country? Where was he during the Mueller investigation? Where was he during the whole Russia Gate hoax? Where was he during all this stuff? Like suddenly he pops up because he's going to go to the United States House of Representatives and support his daughter, Liz Cheney, because she hated President Trump? Yeah, I don't get it. So I got to say, look, these people may have done things previously that were good. Now, yeah, I think they should just ride off into the sunset. I, I'd be a fan of that. The left called this an insurrection, what happened on January 6th. And so I think it's important that we look at what does it mean to have an insurrection? What, like, what does that actually mean? Now, an insurrection is something that's actually planned, right? And the FBI has done their investigation. There was no planning. As a lot of you guys know, I ended up as the interim CEO of Parler for a while. And apparently what we were told by the mainstream media, by Sheryl Sandberg at Facebook, was that the quote-unquote insurrection was quote-unquote planned on Parler. Not true. Anything that was done that was uh, mentioned the insurrection where people talked about doing anything wrong in charging documents, the vast majority were done on Facebook and Instagram. By the way, I don't blame Facebook and Instagram for what happened on January 6th. I don't really blame anybody. It was a bunch of knuckleheads, guy in a horned cap running into the Capitol or whatever. That's not an insurrection. An insurrection is like a coup. People plan stuff. An insurrection, people plan to overthrow the government. They plan in advance together. It's a bunch of people planning together. This was not an insurrection. So stop calling it an insurrection. I'm not buying into that. I think it's a bunch of bull crap. Just avoid their language. President Biden himself, in his speech on January 6th, said it was an armed insurrection. Okay, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, right? I'm not the president of the United States. But when I look at what an armed insurrection is, it usually means that people planned to overthrow a government and they were armed. And by armed, it doesn't mean, you know, they had arms. By armed, it means they were carrying arms, weapons, guns, maybe knives, clubs. I don't know. But they were armed. He said armed insurrection. Yet none of the charging documents, none of the people who were found in the United States Capitol, none of the people who were arrested have been charged with any arms violations. None of them were carrying arms. None. So how in God's name is that an armed insurrection? It's not. It's stupidity. It's ridiculous. It's obnoxious. Don't pay attention to it. What we have going on in this country right now is something called mass formation psychosis. Dr. Malone talked about this on the Joe Rogan show. If you haven't listened to this, I recommend that you do. This is a theory uh, penned by a German psychologist about when there is mass anxiety and uncertainty that a group can form cohesively and have a singular opinion and they are particularly subject to totalitarian impulses, to the strong man, to the strong leader, to the totalitarian leader. That's what we're seeing on the left right now. And what happens is, unlike just a mass delusion where you can introduce different thinking, right? Mass hysteria, you can introduce different thinking or uh, you know, cr like a crowd action, you get different thinking and you can break it up. When people get into mass formation hysteria, they are fixed and they will deny anything that goes against their mass hysteria. And this 
is what leads to bad, bad stuff. This is when you get the brown shirts. This is when you get regular people supporting totalitarianism. This is what you're getting today on America's left. This is what we're seeing. We're seeing this in the leftist states. We're seeing it in the leftist governments. We're seeing it in Washington, D.C. And I think we're seeing it in about 30% of our population. So just understand it. Go out and read about mass formation hysteria so that you can kind of understand what's going on out there. Mass formation psychosis is what it's called. It's all over the place. Mark Meckler is fighting every day to call the first ever Article 5 Convention of States to drain the swamp once and for all. Join Mark and millions of other Americans by signing the official petition at conventionofstates.com slash pod. And now back to the show. Now, I started by telling you guys, I am here in California right now. I flew in last night into Los Angeles. I had some meetings in Los Angeles, really interesting, good meetings. Uh, actually, folks who are from out of state but spend some time here talking about school board races all around the country. We, you and me, are going to be involved in retaking school boards all across America. And I think this is actually one of the most important things happening in America today. I say this as one of the guys who was an early adopter in the Tea Party movement. And we we're talking about the Tea Party this morning in our meetings. And one of the things I said is, I think what's going on in the school board meetings today is bigger and more important. And the reason I say that is because who is involved? During the time of the Tea Party, the folks who were involved in the Tea Party demographically were older, right? There are folks like me. I was around probably 50, roughly, when the Tea Party movement started, 49 years old. So say 50 to 80 were the primary Tea Party folks. There's nothing wrong with that. We were older people. That's who got engaged. We need the wisdom of age, a little bit of gray, right, to help lead a movement. I think that's important. But today what's going on is you have young people in their 30s who are parents who are engaged and are in the fight. And I think this is critically important because one of the things that made the Tea Party so important and so powerful was that it spread across the last decade because people like me got engaged in politics, politics back in 2009, 2010 and stayed. A bunch of people ran for office. If you go into Congress, if you go into any state legislature right now, you're going to meet people who came into politics through the Tea Party movement. And at this point, they're my age, a lot of them. They're in their 60s, some of them in the 70s or 80s. And they're kind of at the end of maybe their political careers. Hopefully, I'm not quite at the end, but some people are moving that way. This is a whole new generation of folks getting engaged in politics. And I'm really excited because they're younger, because they're the mama bears and the papa bears. And they're excited because they don't want people messing with their kids. They don't want people teaching their kids that men are women, women are men, both are neither, and there are 57 genders. They don't want that. It's nonsensical. They don't believe it. And they know it's outrageous. They don't want men in women's bathrooms in their schools. They don't want boys participating in girls' sports and demoralizing, crushing, and injuring women. They don't believe in that. They don't believe that you should teach kids that white people are inherently racist and people of color are inherently victims. That's called racism. And they don't believe it, and it's pissing them off, and they're getting engaged in politics. So I was meeting with folks to talk about how we systemize this all over the country. We're going to have some big stuff coming. You guys are going to be super excited about it. We're going to engage in 22, 23, and beyond. Every single kid we're going to rescue. No kids get left behind. You might have heard that before. No child left behind. We really mean it. Every school board. We're going to go after every school board. We're going to help parents get elected who believe in common sense policies. You guys are going to be part of that. I'm super excited about that. But specifically going back to 
California, because that's where I am now, what in the hell would I be doing in California? Why would I come here? I left California, and I've told you guys this before, because I got chased out. I lived here my whole life, grew up in Southern California. I went to law school in Northern California, came back, practiced law in Southern California, moved back to Northern California, <coughs> excuse me, spent about 25 years living in Northern California. And finally, three years ago, we threw up our hands, <laughs> we give up, and uh, we moved to Texas. Some people have gotten mad at me because I do say, and I'll say it to you again, look, if you can get out, like, I think people should get out. I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, I, I don't have a problem saying that. I don't think anybody should have a problem saying that. Yeah, if you can get out, get out. If you can't, then fight. Then stay and fight. Or if you just want to stay and fight, I respect you for staying and fighting. And so don't be offended because I say get out if you can, because I did. I think it's good for families. It's good for people. In a way, it's good for the states. They need all these people to flee to understand that people are fleeing from the policies. Right. But if you can't get out, then fight and you should fight. And I do think you can win. I'm in California right now because there are some folks who moved from Texas to California because they wanted to be with their grandkids. Could there be a better reason than that? I don't think there could be a better reason than that. But they brought Texas spirit with them, the Texas fight with them, and they started here in California. And so I, I think there's some really good stuff going on here in California. I got invited by some donors, by some consultants, by some activists who had moved from Texas and moved to California to come here and to help organize. And so tomorrow and the following day, we're sitting around a group of us intensively thinking about how to approach this problem. And in my opinion, the best way to approach the problem in a blue state like California or New York or New Jersey or Illinois or any place like that is from the bottom up, right? I think a lot of times what people do is they think, well, we gotta find somebody to recall the governor. How'd that work out? Or we gotta win the state legislature. Yeah, but you're against the supermajority. We gotta win the lieutenant governor, whatever. And once in a while, that'll work. Look, it happened in Virginia. Virginia, though, is a purple state. It's not a blue state. It can happen. But in my opinion, the way you make it happen is you build the bench from the bottom up. You go out and you win school districts and you win city councils and you win school boards. But, and uh, you win county boards. You can do this all over the state. California geographically is probably 85, 90% conservative. Look at the Central Valley. Look at the Northern Sierras. Conservative, anything that's maybe 60 miles inland or more, pretty conservative. And so we need to organize in those places, win in those places, prove we know how to win, get people who learn how to govern, build up our bench, and then we're ready to go after the state legislature and the statewide offices. Meanwhile, California itself as a state is going to continue to slide. And that sets the stage. Sam Adams basically said, look, we can't make circumstances, but we can be prepared to profit from what happens. And I think this stuff is going to happen in California over the next decade. I think it's going to fall apart. It's going to begin to slide, not literally into the ocean, but it's going to begin to slide. People are leaving by the hundreds of thousands, ultimately by the millions. And so they're going to have to figure something out. And the people who stay, the people who are willing to organize are going to help figure that out. And in helping to figure it out, they're going to be prepared to wisely take advantage of the circumstances that come. So that's why I'm in California. I'm telling you that story because a lot of people got mad at me. I don't know, a couple months ago, I said, if you can leave, I think you should leave. And I say that because I care about you personally. It's not about the state, but on a very personal level, 
if you can make your life easier, if you can pay less taxes, if you can have more freedom, I'm in support of you doing that. In the collective sense, I think we should save every place. And so I'm here in California because I'm going to do my part. I'm going to commit my part to doing that. I'm here to do these meetings. I'm taking time out of my schedule, time away from Texas, time away from my family, time away from COS all over the country to help figure out how to save California. And we're going to have to do this in every liberal state, by the way, because they're all falling apart. Every single one of them, there aren't any exceptions. Look at what's going on in New York right now. New York is insane, right? So New York got rescued by Rudy Giuliani. I don't know how many of you are old enough to remember what New York used to be like before Giuliani came in, started practicing broken windows policing, did stop and frisk. Oh my, everybody's so freaked out about stop and frisk now. Made Times Square safe again, made it family friendly again, brought the tourists back, cleaned everything up. Bloomberg mostly maintained that stuff. And then you get de Blasio, who literally just crapped all over the city. If you live in New York, you know, he destroyed your city. He destroyed your city. And then COVID came. He destroyed it even worse. Your governor destroyed it even worse. It's a friggin' disaster. And now in New York City, there's a new DA, DA Braggs. He says the best way to make everybody safe is to decriminalize serious crime. Seriously, that's what he says. You know, you have a new mayor who's more of a quote unquote law and order guy. So, sort of, I guess. He's a former cop, but you've got a DA who says, don't care what you think about law and order. We're not going to prosecute most serious crimes. I'm talking crimes like home invasion, burglary, robbery. Yeah, those people are just going to go straight back out on the street with no bail because that's how we're going to make it safer for everybody. I'm confused. We have violent criminals using guns, robbing people, breaking into people's homes, and we're gonna make it safer for everybody by making sure those people are out on the streets. That's the plan. That is the plan, by the way. That's, that's, that's the plan in New York right now. So I'm gonna repeat what I said earlier. If you live in New York and you can get out, get the hell out because I care about you and I care about your families and it's gonna get a lot worse before it gets better. Now, the good news is I think it will get better because I just can't imagine that people who live in New York are gonna put up with this, whether they're left or right, it doesn't really matter. Like if the criminals are prowling the streets and they're in control, if we're defunding the police, if we're denigrating our police, but elevating our criminals, well, there's only one possible result. Things are going to get a lot more dangerous and a lot worse. When that happens, hopefully people will react. You know, the new mayor did react this week. He decided that he was in support of, though he initially said he wasn't going to be non-citizen voting in New York City. If I seem confused by New York this week, it's because <laughs> I'm really confused by New York. I don't see what it does for your city to say people who are not citizens, people who are not from here, that I guess the rule is 30 days. People who have lived here for 30 days can vote. They don't have any investment in your city. They don't know a damn thing about your city. To be blunt, nothing. You imagine living in a city for 30 days. When I lived where I live now for 30 days, I barely knew where my damn grocery store was. Like I didn't know how to drive to the mall. I had to use Siri to get anywhere. And I, I don't understand you take people who are non-citizens, who, who aren't even citizens of this country, and they move to your town, and in 30 days they can vote in your elections. Yeah.
That doesn't make sense to me. New York City is now the first major city in the United States of America to adopt this. This is insanity. This is part of the destruction of the Republic. New Yorkers, flee while you can or stay and be prepared to fight. You're going to have to fight. I, I mean, I don't know what else is going to happen. Briefly, I want to run through the state of play in the United States for Convention of States right now. 46 state legislatures went into action this last week. This month, that's what we get. 46 state legislatures in action. We got a lot going on. We got Iowa coming up. I'll be there on the 25th. Rick Santorum will be there on the 25th. Steve Dace will be with us on the 25th. A lot of other people we got a big push. We got buses coming in from all over the state to the Capitol on the 25th. It's the Iowa COS rally. If you're in Iowa, you need to go. Figure out, go, go to conventionofstates.com. Actually, go to takebackourgovernment.org, takebackourgovernment.org. If you're in Iowa, figure out how to get on a bus, how to get there, be at the rally with us. I expect to see over 1,000 people at the Iowa State Capitol in Des Moines. I'm going to be there. Rick Santorum will be there. Steve Dace will be there. We'll have other people there. I need you there because Iowa's going to move this year for us. South Carolina on the move for us early this year. I'm excited about South Carolina. I think things look good. Wisconsin looks really good. I'm super excited about Wisconsin, what's coming up there. Uh, we passed the House already. We're moving in the Senate. I think that's going to happen early. Nebraska, by the way, this week, I think it starts tomorrow. If you're in Nebraska, call the governor. Tell him you support Convention of States. We just want Governor Ricketts to know you guys are in support. Call your senator. Let him know you support Convention of States. The Dems are going to filibuster. It's going to take a few different uh, hearing days to get it done, but I think we're going to get it done in Nebraska. North Carolina starts in May. We're already through the House. We're on into the Senate. There is a lot of stuff going on out there. I think Ohio looks good in both houses. I think Pennsylvania looks good. It is going to be a busy year for Convention of States. This ties into what I said at the very beginning. Know your state legislator. All right, a couple of questions before we close out for the night. Kara Jower says, how do you think SCOTUS will rule on Biden mandates against businesses? Oh, it's so hard to predict the Supreme Court, but I think if I'm a betting man, I say they're going to strike them down. I don't think that this court, by at least five to four, maybe six to three, I don't think they like the administrative state very much. I think personally OSHA is unconstitutional in its entirety. Certainly, I think what OSHA did here is overreach. It's way beyond their bounds. I think the Supreme Court strikes it down. Uh, Michael Horn says, I knew what's Convention of States. Convention of States is found in Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution. The second clause of Article 5 says when two-thirds of states call for a convention, the states can gather in convention, propose amendments, and in this case, these amendments can be used to restrain the power of the federal government, to take it away from the federal government, and give it back to the people in the states. We can impose term limits. We can impose a balanced budget amendment. We can say, no, you can't be involved in education or energy or health care or the environment. Those things belong in the states. They belong in the hands of the people. We, the people, have the power to take it away from the federal government, and we can do that by calling a convention of states. Barbara Temple says, what about Arizona for convention of states? Barbara, I'm happy to report Arizona's on board, but you have a good team there working to do other stuff in your state legislature. So go sign up, go to conventionofstates.com, and then click on the Take Action tab. First, sign the petition, then click on the Take Action tab, sign up, join the movement, because in the states where we've already passed, these volunteer teams, they're involved in all kinds of other stuff. They're fighting for education reform. They're fighting for ballot integrity and election integrity. They're fighting for the right to life. They're fighting to protect the Second Amendment. All of these things are convention of states. It's way more than a convention. 
you guys need to get involved today. So like I said at the beginning, know your legislator, know your school board member, know your county board, your city council member. Go to conventionofstates.com to the Take Action tab. Find out who your state legislator is. Go to ballotpedia.org to find out the other stuff. But right now, if you're not engaged, go to conventionofstates.com, sign the petition, click the Take Action tab, volunteer. That's the number one thing. Join us 2022. It's going to be a monumental year. The only thing that would make it better than it's already going to be is if you join me. I appreciate you guys. Come to you live from California and here in Rancho Mirage. God bless you. I will definitely see you next week on the Battle Cry. This has been the podcast version of the Battle Cry with Convention of States Action President Mark Meckler. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod and become part of the solution that's as big as the problem. Thank you for listening.